0: May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God, our Father, and from his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. A question to begin. How many countries around the world are ruled by monarchies? Any guesses? Okay. I'll answer for you. Most authorities count 44. 13 are in Asia, 12 are in Europe, 10 are in North America, mostly in the Caribbean, 6 are in Oceania, and 3 are in Africa. Here's a partial list. Andorra, Belgium, Bhutan, Cambodia, Denmark, Japan, Jordan, Luxembourg, Norway, Qatar, Spain, Thailand, and Tonga. There are 44 monarchies, but only 29 monarchs. There are only 29 kings, mostly, a few queens, because some reign over multiple countries. Queen Elizabeth II was monarch over 12 realms of the British Commonwealth. But now there is, after almost 71 years, a king, Charles III. And yes, season five of The Crown (laughs) dropped on Netflix last weekend. So why all this talk about Monarchs and kings and queens, be a little patient. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts this morning to reflect on the word of God that proclaims that we are reconciled, redeemed, remembered by Christ our King. People God dearly loves. The last Sunday of the church year has a second name. This day can be called and is in some churches Christ the King Sunday. We heard in the first sentence of today's collect, Lord Jesus Christ, you reign among us by the preaching of your cross. With that designation as Christ the King, the color for today could be white, not green, white, the color of our God and of our Lord's divinity. But let's go back, back to 1 Samuel chapter 8, back to when God's people Israel clamored for a king, they said to, no, they demanded of ancient aged Simeon or Samuel, the last judge, appoint a king to lead us like all the other nations have. The Lord responded. He spoke to his people through Samuel. It is not you that they have rejected Samuel, but they have rejected me as their king, says the Lord. And Yahweh told Samuel to speak harsh truth to the Israelites. You want a king? You're demanding a king? This is what you will get. Your king will conscript your sons to fight his wars. He will compel others to farm for him and then to give him the harvest. Your king will seize the best of your fields, your pastures, your orchards, your vineyards. He will make your herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep his own. He will take your daughters as his servants. Your king will even make you his slaves." But stubborn and sinful Israel refused to listen. They shouted, We want a king over us. We want all these things. We want to be like the other nations. So God gave them what they wanted. Saul was first. David, the shepherd boy from Bethlehem, was second. Then Solomon, wise and rich and with 700 wives. And after these three, 40 more kings of Judah, the southern kingdom, and of Israel, the northern kingdom. Rehoboam and Jeroboam, Joash and Jehu, Ahaz and Ahab, Josiah and Jehoiakim, Zedekiah and Zechariah, and more and more. 400 years after the prophet Malachi spoke the word of the Lord, there came a final king greater than David, wiser and richer than Solomon. There he is in today's Gospel reading from Luke 23, staggering up Skull Hill, a king unlike any others. Unlike any king the Israelites wanted or received, unlike any king the Romans were wary of, unlike any king that Caesar would suspect of treason, unlike any king we would expect. For this king did not wear a shiny crown of gold. This king wore a bloody crown of thorns. And this king reigned and still reigns from the cross. For this is his work. First, he redeemed this truth is proclaimed in Paul's letter to the Colossians. God the Father has delivered us from the, from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus has redeemed us. He has brought us back from the domain of darkness, the darkness of our guilt, the darkness of slavery and fear and death, Jesus gave his own life to do this. Jesus paid the price of our ransom. He shed his blood to win for us and for all people. The gift we are desperate for, the forgiveness of sins. For we are those, we are those who were on the crosses next to Jesus. We deserved the due reward of our sins, punishment, For all of eternity. But our Lord prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and that forgiveness is sure and certain and sufficient. It is forgiveness for the original sin we are all born with, the original sin Cole Edward was born with. And it is forgiveness for every sin every sin we ever have or ever will commit. King Jesus did this work for us, for you and for me, and he did more. Paul writes in verses 19 and 20 of Colossians 1, in him, that is, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, that's Jesus again, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on heaven or in earth, on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Reconciliation is difficult. When I am at odds with someone, I don't want to admit I'm wrong. I may say I want to be reconciled, but what I really want is for the other person to say, it's my fault, it's my problem, I'll be the one who changes or moves. God the Father desired reconciliation, and it was difficult. It meant the blood of Jesus, his Son, on the cross. It meant declaring peace with his enemies. Do you know any of them? Look around you. You look at me, and I will look At you. We were the enemies that God would dare to now call us his friends. King Jesus did this work for us, for you and for me, and he did more. I wonder if you were surprised to hear a good Friday scripture at the end of November. Are you surprised to hear about weeping and lamenting women, about gambling and mocking soldiers, about scoffing bystanders, about two criminals also nailed to rough wooden crossbeams, one of them railing at Jesus, innocent Jesus, saying, aren't you the Christ? Aren't you the promised Messiah? Then save yourself and save us too. And are you surprised? To hear the other criminal, the one on Jesus' right, speak up, rebuking the railer. Are you surprised to hear his simple and strong appeal? Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. There is surprise in those words because they are our words. We will pray them in a song in about 12 or 15 minutes, we may pray them when we are dying, actually and finally dying, or dying in the pain and brokenness of life this side of heaven. And don't be surprised at the answer. Don't be surprised that what our Lord said with a powerful today to that man on his right on Good Friday. Jesus also says to each of us and to all of us, Truly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise because I did not save myself. I saved you by my cross and by my third day victory over the grave. Our Savior remembers. He always remembers, for he has written our names in the blessed book of, a remembrance that Malachi talks of. King Jesus did this work for us. He did this work for you and for me. On this final Sunday of the church year, we should ask two questions. Where have we been and where are we going? Today's opening hymn answers... Both of those questions. Each Lord's Day is a day full of grace as our Lord offers his gifts in his word and in his sacraments. The good news announced and proclaimed. The good news by simple water poured with the strong word of our Lord's triune name on Cole Edward, on you, and on me. The good news that through our Lord's body and blood in and with and under the bread and wine, He gives to us the forgiveness won at Calvary. And the church's journey from one church year into the next is about our Lord's journey, about his purpose, his mission, his goal, his triumph. For we see our king, the monarch over all monarchs, promised, given, crucified, risen, reigning. We see and rejoice at the work King Jesus has done for us, that we are redeemed and reconciled and remembered. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.